This is MJ. I'm continuing my journey through Marvel Comics, basically through history, um, skipping around uh, the first few Captain America, and then I'll be doing, I think, uh, just a couple Fantastic Four back-to-back, -back, and then it'll be Spider-Man, and then mixing in uh, others as I go. But this time I'm going to be talking about Fantastic Four, issue number two, uh, which features the scrolls from outer space. And knowing what I know about the scrolls now, um, it makes it a little bit more interesting. I wonder how they're introduced. I think it's a funny note that they are reintroduced um, at some point as this really amazing threat when they were introduced in such an interesting way here. And I'm not going to spoil the issue for you, so uh, you can read it and find out. You can get it on Marvel Unlimited, or I don't know if there's a True Believers copy out there somewhere, um, but I'm getting these all through Marvel Unlimited because it would just be too crazy, time and money-wise, uh, to exert the effort to uh, find them all and read them all. Uh, as I do plan on reading, like, a ton of comics. Anyway, we've got a lovely cover. It's bright. It's bold. <laughs> the inside of the house that they're fighting the scroll in has yellow walls, blue curtains, and a blue floor. And uh, it's all minimalistic uh, coloring so that the thing, uh, even Sue Storm, Johnny Storm, and uh, Mr. Fantastic uh, pop against the... Uh, green-faced aliens that they're fighting in, you know, gray overalls. And I find a funny detail here. One of the aliens, the one that uh, is getting slugged by Thing, it looks like his collar's ripped, <laughs> um, or like his collar was ripped off. And then the other one who's pointing a gun at Johnny Storm that looks like he's uh, turning his flames off, or maybe Johnny's just getting his flame on. I don't know. Uh, his collar is intact, and that happens throughout the book. Um, there are scrolls who have, like, I guess it's a choice. Uh, I just wonder what it's supposed to signify, because it really looks like it's ripped and not like it's done uh, in some purposeful way by, like, a tailor or something. Um, although, I, I don't know scroll fashion very well, so that very well may be the issue. Um, so, last time I talked about Fantastic Four, which was Fantastic Four issue one, I was talking about how, uh, how it makes sense that Ben Grimm would blame uh, Reed Richards, his, you know, former best buddy or whatever. Uh, at least that's the implication I got. Um, and... Uh, Reed takes the blame himself. In this uh, issue, he reiterates their origin, which I find interesting. Spider-Man issue one, after Amazing Fantasy 15, uh, recapped Spider-Man's origin, and we get a recap of the Fantastic Four's origin here. And uh, that's more just an interesting fact and not even a nitpick. Um, it isn't even a, a kit tin, which is a coin I phrased earlier today doing a review of another thing that I won't distract you with now. Anyway, um, so it's interesting to me that they restate their origin, but that um, it's done in obviously a much more truncated fashion. Uh, the thing I liked about this restating of the origin is that it takes uh, the onus for the tragedy that's befallen the thing uh, and places it firmly on Reed Richards, which is great because I love the idea of him being at fault for what happened to them and the twist on it is that what happened to the three of them is actually pretty great and what happened to Ben Grimm who was the reluctant member in this party uh, is really you know a difficult thing and the uh, the drama that create that that creates for the characters is really neat uh, I, I don't know why I feel so much pressure um, while I'm reading this, to watch it unfold. Like, I, I want to see the story come to a head, and we just get kind of glimpses of them, uh, the three who are, you know, not affected, who are normalish, uh, looking from the outside anyway, uh, saying, like, man, we got to do something about Ben Grimm because, like, uh, you know, things are going to go crazy, and he's going to run amok if we don't stop him. Or, you know, one day he might really go wild, none of us will be able to stop him, which is wonderful storytelling, uh, seed planting, because I can't wait for, what, 
they'll do it within the first year probably someone will brainwash the thing and uh, he'll be out of control and the other members of the Fantastic Four will have to stop him that'll be that'll be a lot of fun to see I bet that'll happen how could it not right anyway but uh, I just love the dynamic he was against going and then he turns into the thing it's irreversible apparently although maybe it's reversible for a moment uh, or two uh, as we'll see well anyway I've heard it got played with uh, I think uh, in the Michael Chiklis thing or Fantastic Four doesn't he get turned back at some point and I know in the cartoons during like Secret Wars uh, Doctor Doom turns him back and I'm talking about the Spider-Man cartoon in the 90s not uh, like the comic Secret Wars I don't know what happens there Um, but it's an interesting dynamic that can be played with and I don't know Anyway, uh, I'm going to stop talking about that now and, and talk about something else. I feel like I've pretty much belabored that point, but I do want to pivot a little bit and just say, uh, aside from the fun, oh, it's a comic book, it's this exciting adventure, uh, storytelling idea planted by the seed of, uh, you know, one day one of us or the three of us may not be able to stop him, is it uh, creates, it just adds to the tension because you get to see the three of them worrying about what's going to happen and then you get to see how ill-treated he is because you know he loses his temper with Johnny and then uh Reed subdues him by wrapping his arms around him two or three times in this comic and he did it at least once in uh in the uh, first issue I think it was uh in the you know cos- after the cosmic ray uh after the crash and uh, he subdued him because he was going crazy and gosh I just find that so so um so wrought with potential um, and you know, it's, it's the story of, uh, of, you know, tragedy and pain for, for the thing. And there's just no easy way out for him, as you can see, uh, if you read this comic by the end of it and you'll catch little glimpses of it. If you're either on the blog, mjmunoz.com slash STC, or, uh, if you're looking at the uh, video version of this, uh, review, but, uh, moving on to other things, I just want to point out some interesting facts that I f- thought it was really funny, kind of neat, that the Fantastic Four do not currently have costumes in this iteration of them. I have heard that they're explorers, not superheroes. And I wonder uh, when Reed will get them, um, you know, superhero costumes or costumes for, you know, adventuring, exploring, whatever utility costumes, because their clothes are just able to stretch their bodies, uh, have an impact on the things that they're, on the clothes that they're wearing. And Sue is even able to turn a diamond Oh, no, that wasn't Sue. That was... Oh, see? Ugh. I don't know if she can turn objects invisible, but she can turn her clothes invisible no matter what she's wearing. We've seen her in a few different outfits, and they've all turned invisible, so uh, I guess that makes sense. Anyway, uh, I just think it's a really neat thing, uh, the way their powers are operating right now. It's a little bit like old comic logic that they weren't thinking about things too hard, uh, and maybe it's also, you know, new comic nerd logic that we would think about or I would think about. Well, how does she get her clothes to turn invisible, and... Why don't Johnny Storm's clothes all burn and, you know, become ash and then he's left naked afterwards? Because, you know, most people wouldn't want to have to deal with that. And it's not a cool power fantasy if you have to imagine that you're going to get naked uh, every time you use your powers and then that'll be super inconvenient for you. Anyway, um, I, uh, the, the, like, the overall story was exciting and and fun to read. Uh, It was a very quick read. Didn't feel like there was a lot of heavy lifting, um, and uh, I mean the I think the cover makes it obvious that there's like a fake out that the Fantastic Four are doing something, but it turns out to be these scrolls who, if you know much of anything about uh, comics, you know they're these shapeshifters, and uh, it was a lot of fun to see how Reed overcame them with guile and wit, and he basically bluffed uh, 
he bluffed a victory, uh, you know, and of course the others were with him, but he did the talking and was the leader of the little group. Um, so, I don't know, that's just kind of a funny, a funny thing to think that you have these big superheroes uh, that are, you know, pretty famous, and in their first adventure, uh, they kind of just run away, I think, and in their second adventure, they just bluff their way to a victory, but, you know, that ain't bad if you can do it, so, uh, I mean, hats off to them, and it was an enjoyable enough read um, in the action that happened and in the uh, all the pathos that was there with Thing that uh, I'm definitely going to stick around and I'm excited to read the next one and see what happens. Uh, you know, I know Doctor Doom was coming at some point. Um, he was in like issue six of Spider-Man and he'd already tussled with the Fantastic Four, I'm going to guess, at least once. Um, probably twice, though, because otherwise he wouldn't be known as this huge foe of the Fantastic Four and a super powerful guy that, you know, there would be a reason to have Spider-Man fight him. Anyway, uh, there's that coming up uh and then I, I you know i'm curious about when ben might get turned against them and have to fight them because uh, that'd be really cool to see but uh that's pretty much all i have to say i enjoyed this i definitely recommend you checking them out if you've never read any of the uh, older fantastic four books and you want to get a little into the history of marvel comics Thanks for sticking with me. Check out mjmunoz.com for more of my work. I'm an aspiring author who will gladly accept your financial support through coffee, or you can buy merch from my Redbubble store. Swinging Through Comics can be found on YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and mjmunoz.com slash STC. Relevant links are in the show notes. If you had a good time, like and share this. Subscribe and ring that bell to catch me next time I'm Swinging Through Comics.